Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solution to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Ettini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. So welcome to another episode. And today I'm pleased to have a changemaker, somebody who has been also inspirational for me for this journey, and somebody who is an expert now in supply chains. Please welcome uh, with us Caitlin Lewis, the CEO and founder of Supplier Day. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for being here. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to have a good conversation. You are a globe trotter, you are a changemaker from Warwick, you have done a lot and now you are a star in the supply chain arena with your startup. Before that is the usual question, what is your journey? Brilliant question. I don't know if I could call myself a star in the supply chain, but um, I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I, um, I'd always been working in startups when I lived in South Africa and then when I moved to London uh, many, many years ago until I got a phone call from Unilever. They were looking to have people who had experience in startups and had that kind of entrepreneurial mentality to come into their organization to help a lot of their teams adopt a little bit of that self-starter, agile way of working. And so I decided to make the move. I'd been looking to work in a large corporate because I, I really needed the experience and I needed to understand what big companies really do look like and how they operate. And I was also uh, just starting on my MBA journey through Warwick Business School. So I thought that it would be good to have a little bit more stability and work in a role that potentially wasn't as demanding while I was studying at the same time. What I ended up doing at Unilever was helping to drive the behavioral change element of overhauling their 25-year-old innovation process that, you know, it, it was waterfall, it was really linear, and they were needing to move into a more agile approach that allowed for a lot more flexibility to test and learn. And while I was doing this, I just could not get over how dependent Unilever was on its suppliers to do anything, right? let alone innovate, just anything. You know, they were working with agencies and partners and suppliers every step of the way to deliver any kind of value. And so the world of supplier innovation and collaboration really fascinated me. And ultimately, it's what I decided to write my dissertation on for my MBA. I focused on supplier ecosystems. I looked at a program that Unilever had run called Partner to Win. I looked at a program in Novartis and at a program in Vodafone called Tomorrow Street. And I absolutely love the kind of vision that I was creating with my dissertation and the idea of, you know, what best practice looks like if you want to build your very own ecosystem as a business. But I just kept coming back to this question of what's step one? You know, if I were a CPO or a CEO, what would be the, the first step I need to take towards creating my ecosystem? And at around about the same time, I met my two investors, uh, Mark Pereira and Alex Martinez, who were the founders of Procurement Leaders. And they introduced me to the concept of supplier days in the traditional sense of what they are. And of course, the pandemic hit. So 
everyone was having to move their physical events into the virtual realm. And we just felt that there was a fantastic opportunity to build this virtual event service that's got this extreme speciality in how you use those events to communicate really effectively with your suppliers. And the more I thought about it, the more I also felt like that was that answer to my question, which is, what's my first step? Because, you know, genuinely, how you communicate determines whether or not you achieve your goals. And so if these companies aren't effectively clarifying the goals that they have with their suppliers, and then also creating the desire to want to get there, then they're never going to be able to innovate anyway. And so that was really the inspiration behind Supplier Day. And now here we are two years later. And now the journey, we can say you are a rising star <laughs> and you have done a wonderful job, I think, in this journey to really leverage also on your dissertation to see, especially to, to, to focus and laser focus on a specific problem, you know, sustainable supply chains and the world. Can we discuss a bit, which are the problems that you have also uh, witness in this space, especially regarding sustainability. Yeah, uh, <laughs> where do you start? <laughs> I, you know. Five points. <laughs> Look, so I think for a, a little bit of context, the clients that Supplier Day works with are the likes of Siemens, Bayer, Bridgestone, Logitech. So these are blue chip organizations and they all have really, really, really big dependency on their suppliers. And, and so my perspective is very much grounded in that. But, you know, I think that what is also really important to mention is that 80% of a company's emissions are coming from their supply chain. So it's the single biggest contributor to emissions. And we have got to create more urgency around then building sustainable supply chains. Because I, I really think that that is the answer to, you know, in any way being able to to offset the the climate crisis that we are in right now. But that's a really really big thing to start with, and we've got to start breaking this down. And I think the place to start is where you, you talk about the current challenge. You know, at least our clients are really preoccupied with, and quite simply, that's benchmarking. It's being able to access data that tells them how sustainable or, or not their current practices are. But the problems around that is that they have really poor data or they don't have any at all. There's no standardized or commonly accepted way to then take that data and translate that into what their emissions are and to quantify that accurately. And so everybody's doing it differently. It isn't accurate and nobody really knows what any of it means. What we really see happening is that all of these companies are setting themselves these targets. The popular one is net zero by 2030, but they don't have any idea of how they're currently doing or what areas they need to be focusing on to achieve the goal. The genuine problem is that all of these companies are completely blind when it comes to the sustainability of their, their business or their supply chain. The good news is, as I think that these are challenges that can be solved. They're starting to be solved now. You know, we see things like science-based targets coming in. We have the carbon disclosure project that 
you know, these are organizations that are doing a fantastic job at being able to create some form of standardization. There's some fantastic startups out there that are really building fantastic emissions reporting capabilities. So although it's not easy to solve, these are things that can be addressed. I would challenge companies to, to really start thinking about what the real problem is, is in the human behavioral change element of this. You know, to want to actually solve the problem of building sustainable supply chains, you've got to approach the problem completely differently. You've got to work in completely new ways and overhaul the existing processes of the company. And so these are the things that are going to take even more time to do because it requires so much change. We all know as human beings, we don't like change. And so the sooner companies can start to prime their teams for this, the sooner they can find processes or frameworks that will help their employees to operate in different ways, I think the sooner we will see sustainability initiatives taking off. It's certainly something that we find the events that we run for our clients to be particularly effective in. Again, it's clarifying the goal and then creating that desire in amongst the audience to want to get there. Um, because if you don't have that, then you're not going to get anywhere, are you? And definitely, I, I totally agree with you. And seriously, now you are leading already the conversation towards the space. You have mentioned startups are coming up. And within this ecosystem and in many actors that are trying to give answer, supplier day is there. So engaging supplier for sustainability. What is supplier day? What are you doing? Which is your mission and vision? Sustainability initiatives are just too important to be left to the traditional way that organizations will communicate with their suppliers. You know, in the past, this has been, if you're lucky, some kind of email message from the CEO, the CFO, or the CPO. Maybe it's a video email message where they're talking about, we're, you know, taking on this new initiative and we're so excited and we need you to do it with us. You know, that's best case. Worst case, you actually get companies that just apply a, a new set of KPIs in relation to sustainability to their contracts with suppliers for the next year without any discussion around it. This is, again, just not going to create that desire within your suppliers to want to work towards the goal. And so it's all about being able to communicate the mission behind that initiative successfully. It's clarifying the goal and then creating that desire to get there. And it's not only with suppliers, it's with business stakeholders and the internal procurement community too. And it just so happens then that events are a really effective way of doing this. We pull everybody out of the BAU and we as a company are adamant about using proper virtual event technology. So you're not just going to come on to a Microsoft Teams or a Zoom call that feels like every other meeting you have with your clients. We need everyone to see and feel that this is different. And, you know, that immediately makes them sit up straighter and pay more attention to the message. And what I will say is I think that events are also great for then catalyzing action because they bring people together. So what Supply Day does is we design experiences around the opportunity to share knowledge and, and have constructive conversations that then inspire action. Um, and to share a little bit with you around, you know, what we deliver for our clients. On average, we save them about 300 tons of carbon per event. 
we're able to help them reach 166% more suppliers and deliver a cost saving of 70% compared to physical events. And so I think there's real ROI in doing it this way. Wow. And those are critical numbers. And I think they hit the bottom line uh, while also being profitable for the planet. You know, you have mentioned you have big names, customers, and uh, you have this innovative way to engage suppliers. It really bring them together and brainstorm and discuss and engage. Can you share a bit some success story from your work? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's three that come to mind. And ironically, they are the three very first customers that we ever had. But in November, so nearly a year ago, we hosted Bayer's first fully virtual supplier day. And off the back of that, we were able to drive 80% uptick in alignment to their vision. And this was an event for 1,600 attendees. So it was really wide reaching. And it was all about being able to communicate Bayer's biggest goals to, again, their, their business stakeholders, their internal procurement community, and their strategic suppliers. But they saw such a fantastic opportunity to continue using virtual events to serve as that kind of drumbeat of communication. So now we're designing smaller, more frequent events that help them to reinforce their vision and reinstall the behaviors required to, and then also you know, to recommit to their long-term vision. And it's amazing seeing how every single event builds on the success of the last, that you're starting to see real progress come through. They, they start to act as milestones, you know, for the progress that needs to be made because everybody suddenly feels like, oh, we have another event coming up. We have to be able to have shown that we've moved on from where we were the last time we came together but even in in, in in pure practicality terms what these events every three to four months has helped bear to do is also to address their positioning as a company their perspectives on things and their responses to macroeconomic factors in a really natural way so, for example, they did an event in April of this year, and that was an immediate opportunity for them to address their position on the war in Ukraine. It was also an opportunity in the midst of, you know, an energy crisis to reinforce to their suppliers that they would not be changing their targets around moving over to using more renewable energy. So it was a great way to just address suppliers around issues that were very, very topical in a way that wasn't forced or required more work from their end. They knew they had this event and they could do it then. And again, we'll be doing another event for them in November. And a large part of it is about addressing this looming recession and reassuring suppliers that they're in a good place. You know, they are not concerned. They will continue to thrive with their suppliers. And so it just becomes a really simple and easy way for them to have an open conversation with suppliers about the big things going on in the world and what that then means for their business relationship. Wonderful one. And I think it's really building up the success and the work that uh, you you are doing, and especially with such big companies that you uh, you have mentioned. Maybe we can, you can share another one, but meanwhile, I want to ask also this question because of the practical ones. Now you, are, you have your startup, you're working in this space, and of course, many people also in the audience, they have their own problem, they have their supply chains, and they might ask, Caitlin, 
Can you give us some tips on how we can engage our suppliers, how we can make them more sustainable? I love this question because <laughs> I could talk about it all day. But, you know, I think the very, very first thing we say to our clients is that, you know, they've got to pay just as much attention to the messaging that they have to deliver to their business stakeholders and their internal procurement community as they do to what they're communicating to their suppliers. Because honestly, it's those business stakeholders and it's the internal procurement community that has the direct contact with suppliers on a day-to-day -day basis. So they'll be the ones that make the work with suppliers successful. So if they're not bought into the program, then they're never, ever, ever going to convince their suppliers that they should be too. So in a way, the very first tip for engaging successfully with suppliers is actually to engage successfully with people who are going to be doing that communicating and get them really bought in. I think, you know, then the second tip is that you have to be clear about what you're asking your suppliers and, and what they should expect. And you, you've got to do that in a way that demonstrates empathy. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Day, who's the CEO of Cantar, introduced me to a fantastic term called strategic empathy and this idea that kind of all too often companies or leaders will communicate their strategy or their plan or their new initiative with what we call strategic narcissism and what this means is that they haven't really taken the time to consider what this program is going to mean for the people that it actually impacts. And then they wonder why there's not much support for it. So the more you can think about, you know, your audience and consider how this program is going to affect them and have answers for that and demonstrate that this plan takes their experiences into account, it takes their needs into account, you know, and actually it's going to benefit them to participate in it then I think the higher the likelihood you have of winning the buy-in that you need. So it's it's all about that, you know, how to be empathetic to the needs of our audience and in, in that way kind of get their buy-in for what we need them to do. You know, then I think the third tip kind of leads on to that, which is, you know, never underestimate the amount of times that you have to communicate over and over again the mutual benefit of participating in this program or doing things differently and I think that this isn't just about building sustainable supply chains this is about building stronger relationships with suppliers companies do not look in the mirror enough and ask themselves why suppliers would want to work with them and it's a simple question and it's one that we ask our customers when we kick off work with them which is are you easy for your suppliers to work with you know do you make it easy for them to engage with you to build a relationship with you and and if you if you're really honest about it more often than not the answer is no as a startup for example we have some clients wanting to pay us in four five six months time that does not make them easy to work with when we are a young startup we have to look after our cash flow and we cannot wait that long to get paid that's going to make us want to commit a little bit less to the value of the relationship and I think that then another question that companies have to ask themselves in relation to what is it like to work with us is, you know, what is in it for suppliers to work with them? What can you offer to your suppliers in order for them to come to you with new innovations first 
in order for them to ultimately prioritize their relationship with you as opposed to with your competitors. I think there's an assumption that the company is a customer to their suppliers. They're the biggest, they're the most important. But the reality of the situation is, is that even the likes of a Siemens, a British American tobacco, they are all actually really small customers for a lot of these suppliers that are way bigger than them. So they have to find ways of building such strong relationships with their suppliers that they get that preferential treatment from them. And they do that by being really honest about, are we easy to work with? And what can we offer our suppliers back for working with us? Where are we? We're at our third. So we've got to get onto our fourth tip now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, fourth tip. I think, you know, unplanned, ad hoc, one-source communication doesn't work. As I was describing in our success story with Bayer, you know, and, and this is the case for the majority of our clients, they're, they're all looking at building out a series of events because they appreciate that they have to reinforce those key messages regularly. Um, and especially when it's, you know, amidst all of this uncertainty in the world, the opportunity to have these regular touch points is really, really effective. And what it means is that it, it helps you to drive your entire program forward and progress on it, as opposed to just kind of doing events in ad hoc fashion with no real revolutionary purpose behind them. Final point, engagement means engagement, not tell, not broadcast. You know, it's dynamic, it's conversational, it's multi-way. It's not just between your company and one supplier, but it should be between multiple suppliers. We're seeing time and time again that the more successful collaboration programs are those that bring together suppliers across multiple disciplines to share their knowledge and, and look to apply it in new scenarios. And I think you'd be amazed by how much more that can get done when you bring a diverse group of people together to work on a shared goal and not just have this kind of one-way broadcast, here's our vision, hope you like it kind of thing, but to welcome dynamic feedback from your suppliers around that too. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Wonderful insight and wonderful tips. That's really something that people are taking note and also myself, I'm taking notes because they are very useful. And this leads to, to ask you a question about your future. I mean, you are a young leader, you are a woman uh, leading a startup. Which is the way forward for suppliers days and for you? You know, I, I think that I spend all day, every day listening to my team listening to our clients, listening to our prospects, listening to, you know, my mentors, the sort of the, the people that I am incredibly lucky to have in my ecosystem and what their big problems are and what therefore their needs are. We've been able to develop in what I think is an incredibly impactful collaboration process in partnership with Siemens. And the reason that it's been so successful for them is because we started by spending hours just listening to what their problems were and we tried to solve for those and and so I think that in terms of the future for supplier day we really are moving away from the traditional sense of what a supplier day is and moving way more into regular communications 
um, events that have a purpose, not just around disseminating information, but genuinely becoming spaces where people can share their knowledge, engage with one another and build stronger relationships. And it's exciting to see that evolve. And I think, you know, the reason that entrepreneurs take business so personally is because their companies are an extension of their character. I kind of look at how we're developing our product or our service. <laughs> and, I, you know, I've, I've always had a strong affinity for communication. And so it's no surprise to me that this is the route we're going down. Um, it is a, a pure extension of the things that I really care about. Even the tips that I shared with you, these are the things that, you know, really matter to me and I see making a huge difference in the world. But it's it's an incredibly gratifying journey to be on. I'm very excited. And thank you, Caitlin. I think that is a dream job to be able to express yourself at the highest and where you find purpose, the conjunction of purpose and what you like. The audience have got wonderful insights. Now they are listening to you for your final message. Which is the message you want to share with our broad audience all over the planet? You know, I think especially when it comes to things like sustainability, you just have to start. Um, there are so many companies that are wavering on what to do about sustainability or they're scared of overcommitting, they're scared of being accused of greenwashing. And I get it. It is very scary. But I think that these are also the ones that will never get started. We also are genuinely in a climate crisis where we're already behind, where, you know, and we have to find ways of accelerating a response to the climate crisis but no one has a perfect plan no one knows how they're going to solve these problems but it's the ones that are you know engaging in those difficult conversations they're collaborating with their suppliers and there are some companies that are collaborating with their competitors you know around things like packaging reducing their um their reliance on plastics etc 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 and these are the ones that are going to find the answers they'll build momentum and they're going to make progress. You have to start somewhere and you know, the perfect place is to start by bringing your ecosystem together towards a short shared goal to ex explore where you can go together. And um, you know, I think the sooner that we can do that, the sooner we are going to see a lot of sort of acceleration. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for this wonderful and exciting and insightful episode. It's been a lesson for me and we wish you a success with Supplier Day and thank you for this episode. Thank you so much. I've loved this. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.